What's up, what's up, incredible, loved, and valued people. I am MMA McDaniel, and I am just so thankful for your life. I'm so thankful that you are here on the Have You Heard podcast. Guys, we are in part four of this series that I am loving with my sweet mama, and I am just so, so excited about our conversation today. So friends, grab your headphones, and let's get into the word. Mama J, welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. Thank you, MMA. <laughs> <laughs> what what made you smile this week? Um, so I found a new Starbucks coffee that I really like, and so Ooh. I get so excited in the mornings because at our office we do have like a little coffee shop, and they make it for me, and it makes Aww. me smile every day what do you get so it's a venti and it so i've really i had to save it on my phone on my favorite so that i could remember how to say it so i'm probably not gonna get it right but <laughs> it is that. a venti brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso wow and it is divine and i get it half sweet so i get a little bit of the bitter mm-hmm. the coffee it's so good that is i so agree there's something about just having that drink that you look forward yes, to. Yes, and it's iced. I get it iced. Mm, it's great. That's so nice. Yes. I know. Josh has been making me lattes lately, and I like, I'm not a huge, like, oh, I need coffee to give me energy person, but it's more of like, wow, this is just such an exciting, looked forward to part of my morning. <laughs> like, it just brings me joy. I know. And I agree with you. It's just, mm. That's right. I love mm. that. And I love that you're talking about how you like just being in the office because it kind of feeds into what we're talking about today. I had so many people from different seasons of life ask you if they could sit down with you and ask you anything. It was a lot about work-life balance. So mm. I am like, I got, I'm in either married or I just have tons of friendships and I also have work and I have kids and I have just my life. There's so many moving aspects and so many components. Like how do I balance it well and be 100% there when I'm there? Yeah. So I would just say there's no such thing as work-life balance. That is, I think that's one thing that you have to wipe out. Well, there you go, folks. It doesn't exist. It (laughs) is called work-life integration. Wow. And when I think you get that perspective, it's different because I think work-life balance, you're trying to figure out when to shut one off and when to start another mm-hmm. and you're balancing the two and you never are going to do that really well. It's, yeah. I had to figure it out that it's, it's actually, how do I make these two parts of my life really intertwine well and I integrate them and so that I'm not missing the big moments on either side of the equation. So I would say wow. it's work-life integration. That. Yeah. And I, and I wouldn't say I've always done it well. I, would, I was going to ask you, have <laughs> no. you always done it as well as no. you just put it? <laughs> I sucked at it early on in my career. <laughs> but I do think you just trial and error, you learn what is working and what isn't working. And so it probably took me, um, I would say, halfway into my career, 10 years into my career, for, before I really figured it out and started really getting a lot better at it. And Mm -hmm. what it looked like was there were going to be things that I would miss from the family. And it was just part of it. I was going to miss some things, but I wasn't going to miss the big things, Mm -hmm. the things that I would regret, like the, the big ball games 
the big awards programs, the big, you know, whatever. I'm not going to miss those things, the birthday parties, those those moments I'm not going to miss. But there may be little things here and there that I'm probably going to miss because Mm -hmm. I, I do have a responsibility and accountability at work that I have to also represent. And so I think making sure that you're integrating them really well, that mm-hmm. you as the fa- and the family understand the responsibilities you have at work. Yeah. Those things are out in the open. They're understood um, and that they know you're not going to miss the big things. And then work understands that you are part of a family. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mom, you're a mom and you've got kids and you have a husband and there are things that you're going to put on your calendar. You're going to block them off and it helps you not have to even try to worry about working around things. And so I do work really hard about keeping a really robust calendar at work. And so if I know there's family things coming up, if it's vacation, if it's if any kind of family get together, like I block it off. To make sure that it do, it doesn't it's not it's understood that yeah. I'm not going to work on top of that, but I do think it's about integration. I do think that the balance part of it causes people to try, probably they end up tilting one way or the other too far, and they're not successful on one side of the equation. I. Wow, I feel like every single episode I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> you are. I think this is the I third think in a row. This is the third one. Why? Why? Oh, there it is. Wow, guys, this is just very real. But what I hear you saying is that it's so important to really get honest and have clarity on what do I value? Yes. And then allow your scheduling to flow from that. Yeah. And then I think you'll always be grateful mm-hmm. for what your schedule turns out to be because it's going to reflect your values. Yeah. yeah. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would love because you, I feel like just with your honesty, even in our last conversations on the podcast, like have so beautifully demonstrated the the sweetness of transparency and honesty. And in that, I have just seen like you grow so much. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to share, like you've been in the corporate world for 20 plus years. And I fully believe, I think you could totally agree (laughs) with me that that has played a role into how God has grown Mm -hmm. you and strengthened your character. So I would love for you to just share like, some lessons that you've learned and ways that you've been strengthened as a person through the corporate world over the last two decades? No, I think that's a great question because I think, you know, your first question about the work-life balance or integration is part of that story too. I think it, you definitely, and especially in a corporate environment, you do have to learn what is important for you. What are your core values? What are the things that are non-negotiable? And that and understanding that those things are going to cost you something. Everything has a cost associated with it. Are you okay with that cost? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so I've been with, um, I've actually worked for the same company for over 21 years um, and grown up in one particular organization of that. Um, I'm a pharmacist by trade, for those of you that don't know. So started in the pharmacy side of the business and um, serving people as a pharmacist in uh, Monroe, Louisiana, and honestly fell in love with that profession. I 
I loved working alongside people. And so that's what I loved about pharmacy was that I was helping people from a health perspective and in the community. And I would have my regular patients that would come up. And I loved that. But then I was also working alongside this same team of about 10 people, you know, my cashiers, my technicians, the other pharmacists that I worked with. And um, I work I work for Walmart. And so I was at part of a bigger box that had, you know, two, 300 people in the um, store as well. And so you were just part of a family and I loved mm. it. And I think I was a pharmacy manager until about 2008, kind of going back to the story we told a few years, uh, a few years ago, a few weeks ago <laughs> um, about God taking me on this journey. You're going to kind of hear this a little bit. So 2008, yeah. I got a little bored. Um, mm-hmm. doing the pharmacy manager role. I wanted to do something more. And so I love problem solving. Like that's a skill set that I have. Good at I it. love yes. it. And so I told my boss at the time, I said, you know, I'm bored. I want to do something different. He said, you know what? There is a market down in Mobile, Alabama that actually um, we're trying to hire a leader to run those tips, like 10 or 12 pharmacies and vision centers. So why don't you just go and run it in the interim over the summer? See if you like it. If so, maybe that's your next step. Sure. Remember at this time, I'm not doing, you know, my marriage is not doing that great. Um, we have definitely taken divorce off the table, but we're still like, what's the next step for us? Mm-hmm. Um, so every Sunday evening, I would get in the car, I would drive six hours south to Mobile, Alabama. This was before that I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have a cell phone from the company to be able to help me. I just had a notebook and I would go store to store every day. What is the problems you have? How do I solve those problems? And I would work with home office and I would help solve. And so it was so, I was a fixer. And so it was so much fun because I built so many relationships with these Mm -hmm. pharmacies because you came in, you saw the problem they had, and then you were a part of the solution. I was like, okay, I'm loving this because I was building relationships. I was being a solution driver. Um, So definitely decided this is what I want to do. Um, so the first market that came open was Huntsville, Alabama. And so we applied, I took that market and I was there for about a year. And remember, I loved working in the pharmacy with those 10, about, you know, those 10 people. We knew each other really well. Like we were working together side by side every day. We knew each other's personalities. They knew if I was in a good mood, a bad mood, whatever. We, we knew each other. Yeah. When I got into this new role though, a growth that happened to me, and I think anybody that's in the, the uh, corporate world, just in jobs in general, every time you switch positions or you grow in your role, you have to take a step back and think, what do I need to change about myself? And I didn't do that here. I applied everything that I had done really, really well at this previous role and applied mm-hmm. it to this next role. And what I was doing was going around and fixing things and I had a couple of stores that were struggling on a few things. And there was a person that came in and she was called kind of this quality senior manager. She would come in and help identify like, what are the things that they're struggling with? How do I help them kind of fast track progress forward? And so she actually was a friend of mine. She was down from Pensacola, Florida, um, and we just knew each other from the pharmacy world. And so she stays for a week in this particular store. And then at the end of the week, she calls me and says, hey, Amanda, you want to go ahead? We can get dinner one night. I can walk you through everything I found. Um, walk you through the plan and how we're going to get it fixed. But I also want to talk to you about some things. Sure. So we go and we have dinner. We talk through all the work stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she said, do you know you have a nickname in this market? Mm 
that I was leading. And I was like, a nickname? No. She said, yeah, they call you Demanda. And I was like, Demanda? First, I thought she meant Demanda, like D-U-H. Like they think like I'm duh. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, 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 no. D-E-M-A-N-D-A. Like Demanda. Demand. And I was like, why? And she said, well, wow. you may need to figure that out. So I kind of, like from a personal aspect of it, I had two routes to take. I could be very prideful. And say, you know what? I'm the leader here. You're going to do what I say. And how dare you call me Demanda? Or I could say, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to seek to understand what is it about me that is causing this perception that I'm being demanding? Because I didn't feel like I was being demanding, but obviously that was their reality. Yeah. So I did. I sat down and had a lot of conversations one-on-one in groups trying to understand and it all pulled down to my communication and how I was communicating to the people around me. I was barking orders. I was demanding this is what we need to do. All with good intention. I was trying to help them solve problems. But what I wasn't doing was going in and saying, hey, like, Mm -hmm. how can I personally help you get this done? And then saying, thank you, and please, and what else can I do for you? How can I be someone that walks alongside you? That was a pivotal moment in my career. I will tell you, I tell that story today in leadership meetings with teams that I have that are walking into new roles as they're growing in their career, because I think so often we think it's about us. And when you're coming from a role that where you're a doer, and you're growing into a role where you're doing more leading, mm-hmm. you really have to understand what does that look like? What 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 do I what do I have to do differently in a leadership role versus a doer role? So from there, I, that was 2010, and so fast forward now to 2023, um, and I have held numerous different roles, and I am currently a VP within the company. And this role, it is not a doer at all. It is all about leadership. And so when I look back at what I was, even in that market director role, in the pharmacy manager role, it's amazing the growth that I've had as a person. Because now what I do every day is I empower people with their thoughts. What ideas do they have? How do I encourage them to go walk out those ideas? How do I bust down barriers that may be preventing them from being successful? I'm not the doer. And I think it takes a person always being willing to learn. I have to learn every day. And if you ever feel like you've reached a place where you don't have to learn, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that could be in your faith walk. That can be in your work. That could be in your marriage. That could be parenting, teenagers, adult children, like we talked about last week. Like you have to constantly be in a state of learning. And that's probably what I've learned the most in my, call it my corporate experience, just because that's my personal experience, but it's my work life Mm -hmm. is that I'll never continue to grow if I can't learn. I was actually talking to a leader that works in another piece of the organization um, a few weeks ago. And he said, Amanda, you can teach anything you're willing to learn. And that stuck with me that Wow, you don't have to be afraid of the foreign as long as you're willing to learn it. Because if you learn it, you can teach it. And so that's kind of my new motto now. Can I learn it? Yes. Okay, I can teach it. 
Wow, that is so, I feel like that's a nugget I will carry with me always. And I love two things. One, that your friend told you. Yes. Do you, do you know that you have a nickname? Because <laughs> I once heard somebody say that the best of friends will speak good about you behind your back and speak quote unquote bad about you to your face. Yep. And the fact that she was able to tell you the quote unquote bad thing, the hard thing to say to your face, like that just showed that she cared about you. Yeah. And she was like, now you need to go figure out why, <laughs> but I'm going to give you this information because I believe it'll be helpful for you if you respond to it the right way. Yeah. And that leads me to the next thing of, I think it's cool you said I could have responded in two ways, either with pride of, well, this is just what I say and this is how it goes, or with humility and let's see how we can learn from this, yeah. how we can go and serve better, how can we go build relationships with these people, set them up for success. And I even, from my personality, could see myself responding in a in different way that would be unhealthy and that is i get in total like self-pity shame mode mm. of oh no that's who i am and i believe that pride and that insecurity the enemy can use both and run with it if yeah. you let him like he can keep you from having a humble learning heart posture to grow in the way god is wanting to grow you by either making you think that like you have nothing to learn or you don't have the right to learn because of how much you failed. Mm -hmm. And so just to hear your response of, no, I'm not going to go sit and wallow in the mistakes that I've made because that's not who I am. It's what I did. Yeah. But I also am not so big and mighty that this is the throne I'm sitting on and they could deal with it. It's like, the best leader is a servant. And 100%. so I'm going to humble myself and have a learning heart posture. And because of that, I'm actually about to be able to teach and set these people up for success in a way that I could have never yeah. had I gone either one of those other directions. Well, and I think as Christ followers, we have to think about how we're representing ourselves so that when the opportunity presents itself for us to introduce Christ to someone, have we... Have we experienced a relationship with them that they would be willing to listen? Mm -hmm. And if it's always about your title and about who you are, they're never going to listen about who you follow and why you follow them. Yeah. And so I think for me also, I think it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's no secret in my workplace that I'm a Christ follower and I'm a believer and I am able to have open dialogue with the with ones that I work with because of how I walk every day at work. And so I think it's it you have to always check yourself at the door that this I'm walking in to my mission field here. This is one of my mission. My home is a mission field. Mm -hmm. My work is a mission field. Sometimes my car is a mission field, but this is one. And when I walk in, I have to represent myself in such a way that I am doing the best I can with the job that I have, but I'm representing Christ in everything I do. Sometimes it's being bold. Sometimes I have to push hard. To let's get something done. Mm -hmm. But the regardless of what I'm doing it, I'm doing it with a nurturing heart, with a loving heart, and with a foundation of I am here 
to help everyone succeed. And I think as long as you keep that type of just essence and personality about you, you always leave the door open for a conversation about Christ. And ultimately, isn't that, that's the whole purpose of the day, right? I mean, that's the paycheck's not the purpose. The purpose of the day is there's a door open so somebody could come sit down with you and have a conversation about Christ. Mm -hmm. And you have to always model a behavior that they would be willing to have that conversation with you. It's like a Jesus saying, like, they will know you follow me by your love. Yeah. And he's like, let your light so shine so that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And sometimes it's not like, oh, she's she's so serving. She's so humble. She's so loving and nurturing. She leads with boldness. Like, I'm going to go glorify the father. Sometimes glorifying the father means, hey, why do you? Why? How do you? I've noticed this yeah. and it does lead to conversation. So I hope those listening, I feel like there's so many takeaways here, but one of the things I hope you take away is that whether you, the Lord has given you a space to have a podcast and write books and work vocationally in a church or anything in that space, or he's literally called you to the corporate world, you are called to ministry mm-hmm. if you are a follower of Christ. And I just thank you, mom, for showing us so much today but a big takeaway is that i'm in ministry no matter where i'm at that's right yeah yeah i love you i love you too guys we love y'all and we'll talk to y'all next week see ya (laughs)